Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everybody to another edition of the In the Paint Show, episode 152. I'm here with my guy Ani Umana, straight out of Texas. I'm in LA right now. Uh, you know, big week, a uh, lot of things going on in in the sporting world. Obviously, Ani, we're going to talk a little bit about some football. We'll talk about the NBA. We're going to talk about obviously grassroots basketball. And the upcoming things involved in basketball, you know, obviously where this high school season is coming to a close, yeah. you know, pretty, pretty quickly. We're heading toward the playoffs. So you kind of excited about the playoffs, ready, you know, ready to move on and start getting these elimination games going on. You're like, you know, what, where, where you feel about that right now? We're we're heading towards February and it's it's coming up. Yeah, I really I'm really excited about like playoff basketball because uh, yeah. then I can start seeing some of the Houston teams that come in here, those regional and area uh, playoff games. And for sure. I got to see mostly everybody in Dallas. So I'm yeah. ready for the playoffs and more competitive games. And, you know, like, hey, Trey, who are you playing? And it's like a team they beat by 40. Now, yeah. like when you get the playoffs, you see these high level guys play high level games. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's great. Yeah. And it makes sense. You want to see high-level guys in high-level games, and it's like, for you guys, it's after the district tournaments, it's like single elimination, so it's great, right. and people start getting ready for the grassroots. For us in California, this open division is people don't understand <laughs> it completely. Like, wait a minute, I thought that team lost. I'm like, no, that's the sectionals. They're going to come back for the regional. But a lot of things have happened in the in the last week. A lot of streaks have ended. You know, it's interesting seeing Sierra Canyon and Bishop Gorman out of the Fab 50 right now, you know, uh, it's just the way it happens. Obviously, it's based on results, not how uh, how good they could be on paper. <laughs> right, right. They're doing. You know, it's just the records they have. Bishop Gorman falls to Liberty, in, in, you know, in there in Nevada in a game. Then Liberty comes to California, and Corona, Corona Centennial handles them easily. So Gorman falls out, even though they got the win over San Ysidro and Sierra Canyon. You know, they haven't really been healthy. And they're going to be in this Mission League tournament. Mission League includes Notre Dame with Caleb Foster and Dustin Stromer. And then, you know, they played last Friday at UCLA. And 7,500 people there. But, you know, again, Ronnie wasn't playing. Ihalim is Isaiah Ihalim is a little banged up. Right. They're not going to be playing this week. So they lost that game and they fell out. The number one seed is Harvard-Westlake. Harvard Westlake uh, beat the De La Salle team that beat Westland that handed Westland their only loss. So, you know that 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 league is good. You know, with Harvard Westlake the number one seed, uh, Notre Dame the two seed, and Sierra Canyon three. So Notre Dame and Sierra Canyon is most likely meeting Wednesday the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So 
one and two seed got a double buy to the semifinal. So Sierra can just has to win on Tuesday night as we they get a double buy. Yeah, yeah, to the official <laughs> league tournament. It's just a league tournament. There's only I know. Teams. Yeah, so I know you're like, whoa, double buy. Yeah. So the top two seeds get a double buy. So Sierra Canyon plays tonight. Again, are they gonna win without Bronny and Eheling? You know, they're they're probably gonna be out of the open. So I went to a game last week. I got to saw some of the top freshmen um in California. Uh, you know, our guy uh Brandon Martinson and uh Brandon McCoy Jr., who's now at St. John Bosco. And St. Mm-hmm. John Bosco beat Modern Day. And, and this is a crazy streak, Ani. You know, like we talk about the streak of Fab 50, you know, Sierra Can's been in the Fab 50 every year since 217. Bishop Gorman's been in every year since 215. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they close the season. But Modern Day had won their league 34 straight years. 34 straight years, bro. That's a long time. 1988 is the last time they didn't win league. Modern day. I mean, just think of all the like injuries that could happen, transfers, bad luck. Like they've won the league or tied the league 34 straight years. And that's how many presidents that they played through that they went through. That's what I'm thinking. Like, how many? What did they want? Presidents that they went through, like, you know, you know. Wow. 1988, Ronald Reagan was getting out of office. (laughs) Right. So then George Bush, Clinton, you know, that. It, it takes obviously they've had great players, but it takes an element of luck and non-injuries at the wrong time. Like all that mattered, you know. Right, uh, man. That's just kudos to Modern Day. Even though they're not going to be the league champions this year, looks like St. John Bosco is. They knocked them out last uh, Tuesday, I believe, or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, they came back and beat them uh, at home. So Matt Dunn's team is as uh, beat Modern Day five straight years at home. Uh, but, you know, they had a big lead modern day and they kind of gave it up. But, you know, with four, you know, at that time, there was after that loss, modern day had four losses and with three league games to go. So they were mathematically eliminated. But kudos to them. You know, they're not in the Fab 50 right now. But it's just the thing I think about mostly is Stanley Johnson senior year. They lost the starter right like in November. They lost the starter. I was like, there's no way this team's going to win their four straight state title. And they did it, you know, 35 and 0. So, like, like you said, it just takes coaching, luck, players, and obviously an element of luck. So a lot of things have happened in, in high school basketball. What's the latest that you've heard out there or, like, what team are you following? Or, you know, what what, what do you see out there that's, like, kind of interesting you as as the playoffs come, come near? I just think when you talk about 6A in Texas, that Beaumont United versus, uh, like, Lake Highlands, they're just, like, destined to play each other in the state title. Uh, wow. The game, you know, so I mean, Beaumont United, uh, they're in, I think t- they're 17 or 15 or yeah. 17 in our Fab 50, and then Lake yeah. Hollis, they stayed at nine. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, in 6A, you got some teams that could kind of maybe get them in the uh, the first few rounds potentially. Like, you know, we saw a Richardson last year, how we thought they were going to play Duncanville, but lost, like, I think in the third round. Sure, uh, I think with 6A, I'm just interested to see. In Beaumont United and Lake Highlands, you know, <laughs> if that, that, that clash, uh huh, and then you yeah. know what happens there because Beaumont yeah. United is rolling, Lake Highlands is really rolling. So, wow, they, yeah, I would say like in 6A, they're destined to meet each other now because of the regions one, two, three, four. Be, we already know that they're going to be in opposite sides, or could they meet in the semis? Uh, they could meet in the semis, um, because when they get into the final four. Yeah. It just yeah. depends on how they want to match that yeah. up. Match but that up. Uh, more than likely, they would 
they would see each other in the championship. Okay. I would I would hope that they see each other in the championship. I don't like because that semifinal game is the championship game. And that's <laughs> you, happened before. That's happened might, before. Yes. Like where the semifinals of the championship. Yeah, because I, I so they're in different regions, so they won't meet in a regional final. Mm-hmm. Great. No. That's the key thing. So they get downstate, they they meet in the semifinal or the, or maybe the final as we hope. So yeah, like you mentioned, this is gonna run through that. Not a lot of change in the fat bit at the top. Right. You know, um, they Kylans with the losses to Duncanville, Centennial, which looks good now, and Paul the Six, which rolled to our still our number one team. They've been rolling in league. Paul the Six won a couple big games last year, last week, I should say. And then, like you said, Beaumont United checking in at 18, 25 and one as this, as the week starts. Only the loss to Houston, Washington. Anything goofy happened in that Houston, Washington game, or was that just a lot? They just took a loss and yeah, they just took a loss. Like Booker yeah. T just kind of came at them. And uh, yeah, I think yeah. Beaumont didn't really take the game that serious. Sure. Um, just an early, I think it was an early loss. I think it was like an early November loss. Yeah. And um, Be- Beaumont just really wasn't, didn't, they just didn't, I wouldn't say they had they stuff together. Obviously, they didn't with the loss, but it was they, just, they lost. It yeah. was just weird. Like they should not have lost that game. Wow. It would just be interesting to see where they were if they wouldn't lost that game. I mean, Right. I can't predict it because their their schedule is a little different than some of the top teams, but they might be like 11. They might be right there with Lake Highlands. Lake Highlands season has turned out really, really good. Yeah. I know we talked to our guy, Trey Johnson, in the preseason. He, you know, he was really fired up, and they didn't get those early games that they won against Duncanville, Centennial, and Paul. But, I mean, those three teams are really, really good. No. I mean, those are like, you know, national contender number one teams. So, I mean, Lake Highlands – they, you know, and then and then with Duncanville out of it, it'll be interesting to see if Lake Highlands wins the state t- turtle title, how how high Duncanville gets. But that's right. down the line. And that, like you said, you know, the top of the Fab 50, the, as we expect, the, those teams win. You know, I mean, there's some change at the bottom. We have four new teams this this week. I'll give a shout out to those four teams uh, real quick. It's it's Brother Rice of Bloomfield Mi- Hills, Michigan, mm-hmm. um, checking in at 41. And we got Archbishop Stepanak with our guy Boogie Flan gets back in. They're now in front of Christ the King. They beat him in in New York. Mm-hmm. And then uh, North Mech, North Mecklenburg, nineteen and one down in in North Carolina. And Dorman of South Carolina, who's only lost to Christ School of North Carolina and Roman Catholic, who's in the Fat Fifty. So, shout out to those new teams again. And we're not really getting a big change at the top. Like I said, well, there's going to be some change when them those, those matchups get tougher. But we got to talk about what happened in. Long Island, Long Island Lutheran was playing Roselle after Roselle had beat Don Bosco Prep. Now, Don Bosco Prep, that was a 68-60 game during the week. Don Bosco Prep is one of the teams that beat Centennial, handed Centennial of California one of its three losses. And as you know, they got a high-level guy. So uh, I guess our guy Simeon Wiltshire, I'm sure he was, you know, he didn't get picked for the McDonald's game. We talked about that with Horace and Chelsea last week. We, we kind of broke that down. We appreciate everybody tuning into that episode we got a lot of people tuned into that one but i i think he wanted to make a statement they were down by like seven points or so on and then he scored like you know like 11 straight points to get him to win you know uh simeon's doing well uh we hope to see simeon and some other all-star games what, what what do you think about that and then we'll we'll talk about what happened against lou high <laughs> yeah i think you know definitely 
uh, Wiltshire, you know, I talked about it. I thought he should have been a McDonald's All-American <laughs> in yeah. the game. But, you know, that's a good way to respond. Like, I like that he responded in that manner of, okay, yeah. I'm going to get 11 straight. I'm going to go after it. I'm not going to let it bother me, but just fuel, fuel himself. And we talked about that on the show, just, no you know, using, letting the player use this as fuel. And, he, you know, he's a talented guard, can get downhill, can score. Yeah. You know, he's really he's doing a good job with Roselle this season. And, you know, I'm just I'm just happy he responded in that <laughs> way in a big game. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And again, we talked about Caleb Foster. He has that big game coming yep. up, maybe against Sierra Can. He didn't make it. You know, a few other guys, Jackson Shellstead. We didn't talk too much about Jackson. We did it. You know, uh Jackson is is rolling on that team, is rolling. You know, they're doing good. They're a top 25 team in the country. Those are three, I think the three guys that most people would stand out to most people, you know, off the top. So then on Sunday, they come back and Roselle plays. Again, Roselle gets the big win against Don Bosco. They're playing Lou High. And then in the second quarter, unfortunately, Tariq Watson, who's a, one of the better junior forwards in the country, he just, I guess, just passed out, collapsed. And he, like, a couple people we know were, were there, a couple scouts. It's a big game. It was packed. It was at Long Island. And and uh, the crowd just went eerily silent, Ani, uh, just, like, completely silent. And... Uh, the young man lost consciousness, and the teens were told to go to their locker room. I, you know, it was a really eerie scene. You know, Tariq's brother was there, who's a, a, a well-known player. He was kind of like, well, you know, ran out of the gym. It, it just hurt him hurt him too much to see what was going on. But I guess he regained consciousness and, and kind of gave the thumbs-up sign, you know, to the fans. And and Lou High's coach, John Buck, kind of just kind of told the crowd, like, let's pray for him. So they, you know, they, they prayed for him right there on the spot, you know, and then the paramedics came. So I guess they called 911 right away, Ani, and then they, they took him on the stretcher. And uh, we got an update from our coach, Bob, from Roselle, and he was saying that, and he told us me yesterday as I, I, I put out the Fab 50 that, you know, he's doing okay. The tests have come back positive. He's just doing okay, and they're waiting for more, running more tests and just kind of waiting um, waiting to, you know, just, but everything is okay right now as, as we, uh, this is on a Tuesday as we're, as we're doing this pod, but you know, man, honey, that's scary. And it just, you just hope every, everything's okay and forget basketball. You just hope right. everything's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, stuff like that's scary, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, and we, I feel like we're seeing it a little bit, we're seeing it more and more and just, you just, it just cringe. I just makes me cringe every time I see yeah. like a player just collapse, especially a young man, you know, uh, a junior. And then, um, you know, I was reading an article where I think I guess this happened uh, a couple months ago in New Jersey as well. Yeah. Uh, where they had to get the defibrillator. So I'm just thank thank God that man, the young man's good. He regained consciousness. He's okay. Because <laughs> um, yeah. you know these things, as you've seen, Ronnie, we've seen that it could have gone a lot worse. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, again, shout out to. Uh, Send a prayer to Roselle Catholic and and their team. Obviously, the game was called. So that was, you know, the game got called. It's like a no contest. You know, the game was called. Right. So Roselle goes now in front of Don Bosco. Roselle's 21 and Don Bosco's 22 in the Fab 50. Uh, Roselle's another team that's lost to Duncanville. They lost to Sunrising. Right. Gonzaga and Paul the Six are number one team. So, yeah, but, you know, they, even that, they're just going to try to regroup and, and hopefully get good news about Tariq. Akil's his brother, you know, Akil, Akil Watson. So, mm -hmm. you know, he, he was a little shaken up, and, and rightfully so. And, and, man, you just hopefully that uh, the young man 
is okay long term and that you know right but i i know it's 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 something on where we don't know you know there's a lot of things we could talk about we could talk about the thing in memphis with the with the police we can talk about these kids uh, and, and it's just like what when these episodes happen one thing we know is like life moves on you know life moves forward yeah. and like you have to be you know kind of hope for the best even though there's some wicked things out there but yeah I, do you think on in your opinion i'll put you on the spot a little bit not mm-hmm. in a bad way that we're just the media is focusing and hearing that more we're hearing more about that often or do we really think that like this is happening more often I think the, I want, that's an interesting question. I think yeah. that they focus. There is more of a focus on it. Yeah. Do I think it's happening more? To some degree, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. To some degree, yes. But I also feel like these things have been happening. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, yeah correct. No yeah, have, have been happening. Now, with social media and how big is it is to this day it can get i want to say just like because it's a serious it's serious but like it yeah. can it can be made like a really really big deal where i feel like stuff like this going on in the 80s 90s like yeah. when you go back and you read like news articles and new old oh, yeah. newspapers and stuff like stuff was happening stuff was happening yeah. <laughs> you know like in the local news like so yeah. and uh so i do feel like this has been going on but you know how I feel. I feel like it's kind of going on a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, I'm. But it has been going on for a long time. Okay. Yeah. And hopefully we get. Maybe we get my guy Mark Tennis, who's, who's of Cal High, who's been a guest before. He's he's been covering like the newspaper scene, and, and we've had a newsletter with Cal High for over you know for forty years now since nineteen seventy nine. So he's seen a lot of like football injuries or kids collapsing. He's heard about it. Maybe we'll get his his take on it here in a, in, toward the playoffs, and, and just kind of his experience because, like you said, it's happened. Is it happening more? I, I don't know. We don't have the statistics in front of us, but it's happening, and we're we're seeing it. And again, what the media focuses on is is uh, very important as well, or how they present it. And I also don't like how I don't like times. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I the only thing I don't like is that when something like this happens, then they, then the focus isn't on the kid being okay or whatever. The focus is on some other stuff, some political agenda stuff, you know, yeah. uh, things. Then I'm like, okay, like the vaccine or anything. Else. <laughs> right, right, and it's like, okay, the kid lost consciousness. We didn't like. Yeah. There's a point we didn't know the kid was going to get back up. Let's focus on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's it's scary, man. I mean. Again, like I've said before on previous pods with with you and Chelsea, like well, the thing around the time of Hank Gathers, people were scared for like a few months, like just because it's re- it's in your mind. And I think that's where we are a little bit, you know, talking to our guy, Andrew Slater, mm-hmm. a, a national scout. He was kind of like, man, it, it was just got really quiet and it's just freaky, like, you know, something you don't see. It's, it's just eerie and uh, you just hope for the best. But when everybody gets quiet like that, you know, it's serious, you know, and it's right. it's and you know those are two great teams, two nationally ranked teams. You hate to see that, and you know you just hate you just you feel for you feel for a kill Watson too. You know his brother, and he's there, and he just that's got to be a scary scene. So you know again for you know we appreciate Coach Boff always responding to, to us and me and my texts, and I'm always asking him about his games and stuff. <laughs> so you know to, to him to respond to this about what happened is is you know class guy. Coach Buck at Lou High is a class guy as well. 
So, you know, I'm glad that those guys were there together and, and people were supporting uh, Tariq. So so moving on, uh, Ani, obviously, we you know, like I said, we could talk about a lot of things. You know, we're not even going to tackle the thing in Memphis right now. It's just so much going on. But on a more lighter note, you know, the NBA, uh, all-star starters are named. And the East, is that Giannis's team this year? Yeah, that's Giannis, yeah. Yeah, Giannis is kind of like the captain. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, our girl Chelsea thinks he's still the best player in the league, but we'll we'll, we'll get her take next next week on the Lakers and all the drama that's happening uh, with, yeah. their, with their no calls and <laughs> or where they're at in the playoff race and, and and things like that. And the NBA All Star Game's coming up pretty fast, but I'll, I'll go ahead and read the East, and you you can just let us know who's on the West. Uh, so it's Giannis, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, he comes over from Utah. He's having a really good season. Kevin Durant. Brooklyn Nets and, and Jason Tatum, Boston Celtics. Now, the head coach is Joe Mazzulla, who, who took over the, the Celtics staff. So, you know, pretty awesome for a quote-unquote interim coach. I don't know if he's even considered an interim coach anymore. He's, <laughs> right, right. He's not. I don't mean he's doing a good job. But, um, Ani, all these 50, as you pull up that West team, all these 50-point games and 60-point games, is it just, hey, these guys are skilled? Or you kind of think like, okay, guys, let's start playing a little more defense second half of the season, you know, where, where are you kind of at on that? Man, I hope they start playing some more defense, <laughs> it, it, yeah. you know, towards the end. I mean, these guys are really good, but, yeah. I mean, it's like Dame 60, Luka 53 last yeah. night. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. They're, they're not going to get – They, I hope to see some more defense. Obviously, in the All-Star game, someone's going to yeah. get like 80 points or yeah. so, but yeah. – <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I hope to see more defense at past the trade deadline, going into the playoffs. Like teams actually trying to rev up, get ready for the playoffs. Like I want, I want to see more like physical battles. You know, yeah. maybe that's just a kind of the old school way of me. But like, guys are good. But let's see yeah. some defense. Let's see some defense. So yeah. So what's up with the West team? I know Team LeBron. It's Team LeBron. Who who's on that lineup? Yeah. So you got Nikola Jokic. Yeah. You got LeBron James as the captain. You got Steph Curry. You got Luka Doncic. And for the first time, you got Zion Williamson. Wow. So Zion's starting by – is that through the fans and and the players and the media, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's through fans uh, and media. People love Zion. I mean, Zion, wow. I know. He's a popular guy. But, ooh, ooh, Zion. We'll see how he does. I'm sure he's going to – you know, obviously he's a – generational type talent i don't know if he's had the generational type career yet he's got to stay healthy but right i mean is you know we'll, we'll see where zion goes from here but there's no doubt he's one of the 10 or 15 most talented players in the league uh god he's one of the most talented players probably ever to play the sport really right you know, right there's no one that's built like him and yeah the fans love him right i mean just and it's crazy he's like in new orleans i i don't even really hear people talking about the pelicans that much and he's been out, but it's like people still want to see him, you know? Right, and right. And should see him. If that's who they want to see, then they, we should see him. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, then, and then you kind of look at who it, who could take his spot. I mean, maybe Paul George, Kawhi Leonard hasn't really yeah. played. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Laurie Markkinen, Do we really? I mean, I, I think Laurie Markkinen's had a great season, but do we really want to see him in the starting lineup of the NBA All-Star game? No. Like, I, I get why Zion's in there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And as the you know, we'll go follow that. That game's in Utah, Salt Lake City this year. Mm-hmm. I was able to go to Utah game against the Bulls during the season. Beautiful, 
just beautiful scenery. I, I, I like that city. I don't know much about it. Maybe I wish I knew a little bit more. I'm not really a snowbird, man. I just, I'm, ready, I'm ready to get out of there. Well, don't, don't come to Dallas right now. It's all it is is snowing right now. Wow, wow. So, you know, uh, again, we've we'll, we'll, we'll got more things coming up. we got the playoffs. we got the NCAA tournament we'll talk about. We'll probably break that down in one of the upcoming episodes. I know we're looking forward to that, especially that the first week is always crazy. But, uh, you know, on, on, a, on a different note, you know, young kids, especially middle school or younger prospects, they kind of got to start thinking of, you know, their travel team, their plans. Mm-hmm. You know, what advice, Annie, would you give for a kid who's kind of trying to make his summer plans? Is, you know, obviously the, you, the EYBL and those things are starting to get announced, you know, dates for Pangos camp, dates for NBA players, that kind of thing. But, you know, what's the first couple things that a young player should do? as they kind of prep for uh, the, the spring and the summer? Well, <clears throat> I think just getting, you know, just making sure your skill set and your game and your, yeah. your conditioning, like your overall self is right before you get into the spring and the summer when you talk about playing four or five games in a day. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> we've seen seven-game weekends and stuff like that. I would yeah. say number one. Number yeah. two, I think just definitely talk about picking a team, I think is doing your research. Um, yeah. Doing your research on these guys understanding who you are as a basketball player and what may fit you, what yeah. coach, what program, what yeah. culture fits you best. And I yeah. think you got to do your research. You know, a lot of times yeah. we see guys chase a shoe circuit uh, yeah. team. And then that now you're on the, you're on a team that has 12 guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're in, you're playing five yeah. minutes and you know, you got three and four star guys on the bench. So I definitely yeah. think it's doing your research. Uh, always, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of guys trying out. You know, these yeah. trial fees kind of be a little expensive sometimes, but yeah. um, <laughs> well, financial aspects important too. You got to know what to hit and how much you're going to spend, kind of help get with your parents and budget it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Financial part, like, you know, it always sounds cute to travel, but like, like in California, Ronnie, and here in Dallas, like you don't have to go all over this, uh, all over the country to no. get seen by a coach or whatever. So I think just doing your researching, research and understanding what you want to get out of it and what's realistic, what you want to get out of it. Correct. You know, and then you got to, you know, for you, the more elite players, they kind of figure out what uh, live periods they got to go to, you know, obviously they're going to hit the, the live events and then what dead period events they're, they're going to play in. They're not obviously going to play in all of them, but they're going to play in some of them. And then uh, what individual things they can do away from their travel team, you know, uh, obviously, you know, made hoops is out there. We got hoop group, uh, Pang- Pangles Fresh Soft Camps, the Junior All American Camps coming up, uh, which is always a good event. You know, our guy Dino does a Junior All American Camp in, in California. That's always a good leeway for the younger guys to to get in there. And then we got, um, you know, uh, so just a bunch. We got a bunch. We got John Lucas's uh, camps. You know, get right camp. BLE, BLE camp, get right camp. Yeah. Yeah, he's had those quite of all. You know, quite a few stops. And again, if you got to find out where where they are, so we actually have a special guest this week. It's actually John Lucas the third. He's been in played in the NBA ten years. Uh, obviously, John Lucas's son, and John Lucas is the um, you know kind of like the director uh, of the. NBA players top 100 camp and he has his staff and, and our guy Horace is involved in that. Our, our guy, Jimmy Hicks is involved in that, <laughs> you know, uh, it's a national group, you know, Frank Brosen's involved in that. So that's very important for the elite guys. And obviously his son has been on coaching in the NBA. He's trained 
high level players and 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 he also trains you know up and coming players all the way from the middle school ranks to nba type players so you know we got a chance to talk to him so what would you what would you say just about i know you've been to some of lucas's camps i have too in the southwest i've been to one in arizona i've been to one in vegas here talk a little bit about john lucas's camps you know, it, it's definitely different than the uh, typical camps because they really make you work. If it's like combine test, if it's testing or yeah. it's just a lot of conditioning and a lot of, you know, fundamental work early yeah. and then they get to the games. But when you play them games, you're going to be tired. <laughs> like before you get to the games, you're going to be exhausted. And that's Lucas trying to test your test yeah. you mentally and see if you can push through it and play after you just had like a few hours a, a long workout so that's what I, I like about it it really is testing the players in in multiple ways and then uh it's not just about rolling the ball and playing it's about really yeah. teaching and you know testing you know how good a player really is correct yeah and john has his staff and he's had many of them for a long time and he'll he'll be quick to stop a camp game and just blow Perfect. the whistle and say hey you guys need to pick it up or he's he's really you know big on that you know trying to play the right way so yeah, we actually had a chance to, you know, like I said, we brought on John Lucas III, and we actually uh, had a chance to talk to him in an extensive interview. He gave us a lot of insight on his camp he has coming up in L.A. on March 18th and 19th, and then just about, like, his background and, and his background in the camp and, and coaching and training. So let's go to the interview now with our special guest. And now we bring on our guest on the In the Paint show, John Lucas III, former NBA player, current coach, mentor, and trainer, a lot of kids from a lot of – various ages and skill levels he's going to give us a little insight on his camps and, and and you know what he knows about the game at the pro level coach lucas appreciate you jumping on man thank you for having me i appreciate you coming on yeah i appreciate y'all yeah, definitely definitely yeah you definitely uh time of the year where kids start thinking about you know their choices in in, in the spring and summer for grassroots travel ball which camps they go to there's a lot of things out there so we're going to talk a little bit about that but just, John, tell us a little bit about your plans for your get right, the JL3 way for your camps. Do you have, uh, you know, multiple stops planned? Uh, tell us a little bit about possible dates and locations for those camps and what they're all about. Yeah, man, I'm very excited about it. Camps March 18th and 19th coming up. Um, it's a two-day okay. event. Um, it's my way of just giving back to the game, the knowledge of the game that I have, you know, throughout the years of playing in the league, playing in college, playing on the highest level in basketball, AAU. Etc. Etc. Just trying to give these kids and these parents, you know, the right structure and the direction of how to navigate their way through this game of basketball. You know, I had to do it. You know, being a former uh, basketball player's son, and he's still coaching, and him raising two kids that have been very successful in basketball. You know, my little brother's an assistant coach at Duke University. He was at Kentucky and at University of Texas. Also a McDonald's All-American and Jordan Brand. Sure. So, you know, just navigating and knowing the do's and the don'ts. And it's just my way of giving these kids the proper tools to sure. succeed in whatever goal they want. I'm not saying they're going to be pros coming to my camp. I'm not saying anything, <laughs> but I can at least give them the right structure for them to take back with to wherever they come from and work on their game and start putting together a foundation to achieve the goals they want to achieve. Absolutely. Coach, you know, with the summer, spring and summer is like camps, clinics, you know, uh, uh, grassroots events. And obviously your, your father's uh, events have always been a, a one that players had to go to. Right. Uh, it played an integral part in everything. Are your uh, camps more of an extension of his or are you going to have your own twist on it? 
I'm it's a little bit of both. I'm gonna have my own twist twist to it too. But um, yes, absolutely. You know, we're real big on fundamentally sound, and I use this analogy all the time. If you see how houses are built, they're built from the ground up. You right. can't build a house from top to bottom. Right. Then you're gonna have breaks and functions all through your foundation. Um, you gotta start at the basics, you know. And I'm I go around all these AAU tournaments, and I have my own AAU program myself. You know, jail through elite, and I'm seeing all these kids that's trying to do all these moves but they can't make a proper jump stop or know the right pivot or doing this and when you keep going in this game that's going to catch you yeah. and then everybody's looking around like man this kid was so good back in but now when you get into a college setting where the coaches being adamant about what it is that he wants and what it is and this and being fundamentally sound to play like a lot of kids can't play in a structure a lot of kids don't know how to adjust their games into fitting into whatever team they're going to because it's been so much like throw the ball out and let's just play right you know my like one thing about me is i was so fundamentally sound i was able to pan out 10 years in the nba just because i knew how to play i knew how to make adjustments i knew where to be at the court at all times when I didn't have the ball in my hand. A lot of kids don't know where to be on the court when they don't have the ball in their hand. So then they get lost. What I call they get lost in the sauce. Yeah. Because you have kids who do know. And then now all of a sudden you're not playing. You're out of college. Now you're transferring. You're going to this school, going to that school. You're leaving this because it's the coach's fault or they don't know your game. No, it's not it. Is you have cracks in your foundation and you miss some steps along the way. But it's not too late to correct it. You just have to get with the proper coaches and the proper, you know, player development coaches who can mm-hmm. kind of patch those foundations that's been cracked that maybe somebody in a miss or maybe somebody on skip the skip over. Sure. One in the camp in September, I remember going to in Houston, and those were some of the things you were talking about, <laughs> like the players not being able to play without the ball in their hand. I remember you just really just emphasizing to these guys, like you know, repping the simple things, right, the, the fundamentals, and uh, I that, remember that really stuck to me. And I hope a couple of the players at least, you know, at least heard that and really took that in. But so that is something I agree. Like I've been every camp that I go to especially with your father, it's like that's something you always preach, even the NBA Top 100 camp. Even you tell it to those guys too, so absolutely. Yeah, just, as you know, I love I love this game of basketball. I didn't dedicate sure. my whole entire life to it. You know, I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I was four years old, you know. Um, and for me, it's like I have – I just want to give back. I'm seeing our basketball decline and everybody else's mm-hmm. basketball is rising, right? I had the chance to play overseas. I see the structure. I have seen yeah. why Luka Doncic is being Luka Doncic. I have seen why the European players are coming into the game because they have a, they've been structured. Right. They know the game. And then you start adding, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like I have kids that I train, they be like, come in the gym right away. They don't even do form shooting. They go right to shooting threes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it was like Steph Curry, Steph Curry. They're like they're yelling these names. I'm like, yo, Steph started in here first, and then he moved back. Like you got to get this down first before you can. You can't jump to there. Right. You have to start here. Form shooting. Go through your routine. What is your structure like? Mine was rub my rib. Li finish high. I used to repeat that every time my whole career before I even start taking a midi or three. I always did at least twenty a spot form shooting just to reprogram myself get myself ready for what was about to be the task at hand i didn't come into the gym shooting threes right away right so 
my thing was, you know, you got to take the steps and you got to stay fundamentally sound. Like I'm always saying, like, like that's the biggest thing to me is being fundamentally sound. Like you can look at who's the greatest boxer of all time in our generation. I'm yeah, asking Floyd. Floyd. Uh, Floyd. Floyd. And, and what does he do? Is he a knockout artist? No. No. Right? He's a skilled boxer. Right. He's basically brought Olympics back, Olympic boxing to professional boxing, right? He's going to beat right. you with points. He's a counterpunch. He's not a knockout artist. Every mistake you make, he has something for it. Mm -hmm. right? He's so sound. Like when you watch the 24 7 boxing thing, he does the same thing. It's no gimmick, <laughs> it's nothing new. It's the no. same structure, and he's gonna go in there and win every match. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Fundamentally sound, and like, and the dedication of putting the work in is it boring? Could, but be. it works. It could be, but he's fifty and zero. He hasn't been beaten. <laughs> so we was always taught as kids, you know, you don't change the if, it, if something works, you don't change it. Right. Sure, coach. Let's take it back. You talk about the foundation. You talk about getting those fundamentals and and playing the game the right way. Uh you played in a great era of ball, uh, high school ball, speaking of Bel Air High School in mm -hmm. Texas, 2001 playoffs. I know you don't want to think about it all the time, but you guys, you know, followed that Willow Ridge team. They were 39-0, and 0, finished number two in the country. Talk about that time and what you felt your development was. Obviously, you know more about, you know, you don't know till you know when you're 15 and 16, you think you know everything. Talk a little bit about what you knew about and where your development was. What, where did you think you were going? You obviously knew what you wanted to do since you were four years old, but where were you at that time? Um... I just love the game. So what I was is I played tennis. So I didn't play basketball in the summer. All right. So I was top. I was top fifty in the country in tennis. Top eight in the state of Texas. So when everybody else was playing basketball, I was playing tennis. So I never played. Only played basketball three and a half, four months out of the year. But I trained all year round in basketball. Sure. sure. So us growing up, where for me it was different. From my little brother. My dad, we didn't we didn't know about AAU basketball like that. Like it was like high school, and then I played tennis. And then tennis, we you know nationals, Kalamazoo. I was I was traveling for that. Like my dad really was trying to wing me that way because <laughs> I was just picked I picked it up so quick. But my heart was in basketball. So sure. playing against like my best like some of my best friends, TJ Ford, Daniel Ewan, Carlos yeah. Hurd. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of hoopers out of Houston. Then my high school teammate was a Mecca Okafor. And then yeah. my other high school teammate before he transferred was Lawrence Roberts, who ended up going to Baylor. We ended up going to Baylor together. So the Houston scene in basketball was crazy. So my name was big in Houston, but it wasn't as big as those guys because they played all year. Right. Sure. But I led the whole state in scoring. Average 30 points, 11 assists a game. And I logged over 3,400 points in my high school career. Wow. But – you nobody really knows all that because I wasn't even like showcasing. Like even yeah. today, like they came out to with the UIL top 100, and my name wasn't even on the list. <laughs> so, Ani, what do you think about that, man? Was that a shaft? Was that a snub? Man, that's that's people not doing their research. Yeah, like you and, said, some guys get anointed or they get a name, and it's hard to get. You know, they they keep it. Right. So my, my thing is I use all that as fuel all through high school. Sure. It was more like when I was getting my accolades, it was more like, oh, well, he got it because, you know, that's Coach Lucas' son, and, you know, his dad, John Lucas, and this sure. and that. Problem. But my mind, I was like, man, my dad ain't giving your son 30 points a game. My dad ain't dropping 11. Six. Like, my whole thing was like, I'm going to seek and destroy because I guess I got to make a name for myself. Right. So sure. – 
you know, growing up, my dad told me, you know, your name's a gift and a curse. Yeah. And, he was, and he was like, but take your name. So I used to always hear parents like, yo, you know who you playing against today? You playing against John Lucas' son. Like, we go in there and do our thing. We can make a name for ourselves. And I used to hear, you know, my teammates would come back and tell me. And I just be like, I'm going I'm to show them why I am who I am. Like, I'm going to destroy your son, and you're not going to make a name. Like, that was my <laughs> thing. <laughs> and, I was, and I wasn't like, I was loud with it. Like, mm -hmm. every time I scored, I let you know I scored. Like, and my dad hated it. He was like, keep the game soon. Stop bringing that into the game. I was like, but that was my edge. Right. So it was yeah. my way of kind of separating myself from, you know, my dad was like very professional, do everything right. If you sure. wear this pair of socks, your first game you ever play, you better wear the same style every, like, don't switch. Like, sure. No, he was very, very, yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's how I grew up. So if I wanted to be like Kerry Kittles and have one high sock and one low sock, my dad would pull me off the court and be like, what are you doing? You're not focused. You ain't ready to play like that. And make, yeah. and make yeah, me, that switch makes a lot back of sense. And make me switch back to my original, whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And I just took that with me throughout my whole career. Gotcha. Gotcha. And like you said, Coach, you know, the game that you played in a playoff game with five future NBA players, you know, uh, looking at it now, like uh, developmental, did, did you know it was a special time then right in the moment? Or did you come back later because you realize how difficult it is to stick in the league, how difficult it is to make it? You know, did you know that as a 17 year old guy or did you figure that out later? Like, wow, that, that you know, that's pretty we're pretty lucky what we were able to experience. Uh, I kind of knew that at a young age. You know, um, I, I I give a lot of credit to my dad. He never hid anything from me. He always kept it a buck with me, always kept it 100 with me, um, even throughout the whole sure. draft process, um, even the high school um, things. He always had me thinking ahead. So mm -hmm. we was all, you know, we was always playing chess, not checkers. And he was always giving me three steps ahead of whatever it is I was about to embark on or going to. Um, for the high school time was were the recruiting for me. You know, I was recruiting, getting recruited by everybody for tennis and basketball. Sure. Um, and it came to the point was like, you know, you can go to a Kansas, you can go to a Kentucky, but are you going to play? Yeah. And it was like, if you go there, you know, they're going to have to get the number one player out of their state. It's just like, we was thinking like that. Like, okay, you go yeah. to out-of-state school, you just know that it's a possibility whoever the top dog is in that state, they will be at that school. Right. You know, and you will have to fight for your position. And I'm like, you know, we fight all day. So, like, I wasn't scared of the competition, but it was also seeing, well, you know, who's who wants a scoring point guard? Because I wasn't a traditional point guard. Right. I I, I like to score. Like, I like to put the ball in the hole. I wasn't a, a pass first like my like my best friend TJ Ford was. So we was two different <laughs> players. Like I was a, I was a score first, and then I'm a pass. He was more pass than score. Right. So I had to go to a school that was going to let me be me and not change who I was because then if that's the case, I'm not playing my game and then I'm at the end of the bench or I'm transferring to another school. And then again, another process was I didn't want to sign early sure. because I knew if I signed early, none of these other schools would come to our games anymore and then none of my teammates was going to get seen mm -hmm. who, who yeah. was on the border. 
and I and I uh, talked Emeka Okafor into not signing early to Georgia Tech, which I still catch hell from from Coach Hewitt <laughs> that I see all the time in L.A. because he's part of the Clippers organization. Sure. I, I talked um, Emeka and not signing early to Georgia Tech and to wait until later where he ends up going to UConn. Um, and that was the way of us to like – we had Brandon Lepo, we had Jared Williams, Jared Shorten, and a couple of Brent, Brent Archie. We had a lot of our teammates who was hoping to get scholarships too. And sure. if we wasn't, if we was assigned early, usually nobody else is coming to our games because you know your recruitment's done. So we actually waited to sign so we could help a lot of our teammates out, and all of them end up getting scholarships to universities to play to fulfill, you know, to keep playing basketball. Sure. That's great. Go ahead, Ani. You know, with TJ, Daniel Hewing, uh, Bracey White, and uh, right, and uh, Darren Williams at the Colony, whom at the time did you feel was the best player? Ooh, out of Houston or just out of state? Out, 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 out of the state. Out of, yeah. I, you know, I get this question all the time, man. So <laughs> it's like if Carlos Hurt, never left the state to go play in Louisville, I, he would be one. But since he's wow. left, I would have to go with TJ mm -hmm. that year. D. Will was a monster. You know, all those names you named was, you know, it's, it's neck and neck. <laughs> right. But, I, you know, they're from Dallas. I'm from Houston. So, you know, I'm always going – Rep my city, so I got to go with TJ. I figured you're gonna say TJ. I was gonna, you know, that was that was before me, but everyone I talked to really did say TJ too. So like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, TJ was a bad boy, man. But it was also a player uh, that left our senior year to go to Louisville. He ended up playing at University of Louisville, named Carlos Hurt, mm -hmm. who won the LSIC with Rashad Lewis. Left-handed, he was like, he was the one I've seen firsthand come down half court and pull like Steph be doing in the games in high school. Um, yeah. he was a bad boy too. And then you had Dante Stiggers, who was cold, who went to Hastings. You had um Corey Smith, went to Lamar with Lawrence Roberts. Like that, that, that class of 01. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of players that a lot of people might not know of, but have the respect, like Jermaine Hawkins, that went to um Westfield, cold, left handed. Like, I just remember all the now you got right. me. Remember thinking about the names, yeah. Yeah, and it's like you had two kids at uh Wheatley popping man man. Like I just I was a student of the game, and I used to always if I didn't have a game, I was always at a high school game watching. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because Chris Bosch kind of told me, yeah, you know, uh, from a national perspective, obviously I wasn't in Houston or Dallas at the time, but like that that team put them on the map, put the whole state on the map, really. You know the the Ewing and TJ four team, and, and one time Chris Bosch told me, yeah, the, that gave us confidence the next year that. We thought we could be the best team in the country. So, you know, shout out to that Willow Ridge team. That really helped put Texas basketball on the national. Like, hey, they they could they're playing for a national championship type absolutely. level ball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like so. for three years for three years in a row. See, people don't realize that one year was taken away yeah. because some they was really undefeated. Oh yeah. They won state three years in a row, but the one state championship was taken away from. Yeah. Because somebody went, somebody was living across the street, and it was like some zonal code, and the UIL ended up saying they had to forfeit all the games they won, and the state oh, championship wow. was taken from them. So it was really three years in a row where people were you no, know, and they did put us on the map because they probably was the first team from Texas to go up east 
and playing those big tournaments in Delaware and New York and come back, sure. you know, hold, holding it down. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Talk about like, you know, development, staying in a pro game, being involved in the program. You obviously played for six different NBA teams. You played overseas for many clubs. You know, give us two keys. What are important keys to carve out a lasting career? If you're not like a max contract type of guy or you have to be ready to move at any moment, you know, what are two keys that a, maybe a younger player might need to know that wouldn't know, you know, to try to last in this game? Because like you said, it, it's one thing to make it. It's one thing to last. Um, Be the ultimate pro. Okay, great. You know, be the ultimate pro. What I, you know, being undrafted, you know, um, and panning out and lasting a little bit longer than everybody who was in my draft class, I lasted a little bit longer than most of them. Yeah. Um, my my thing was um, I was going to will my way into being an NBA player. Like, I have a list of um, my goals I did when I was younger, and I said I wanted to play 10 years in the NBA. And I wrote that down when I was, like, 13 years old. Wow. Um, and, and my thing was be at practice – First one in the gym, last one to leave. Stay with your routine. You know, practice to me was games. So my intensity in practice was like my intensity was if I was to play again, like in the game. So yeah. I didn't I didn't know what walkthrough was. My walkthrough was game time because I might not play in the game. Right. And that right. might be my only opportunity to have a little bit of competition, a little to compete a little bit. Like when we was doing shell drills or, you know, transition drills and we're running through you know <clears throat> offense defense offense defense you know my thing was like to push whoever was ahead of me to make that person better and for example was um chicago bulls um you know thibodeau who was my coach in the with the rockets chicago and minnesota my last year playing basketball um wanted me on the team but then the organization wanted to go a different route and they couldn't see what I brought to the table, but everybody else could. Yeah. So the person, when they was trying to make a decision, and a lot of people don't know this, a person who made make a decision, uh, Derrick Rose spoke on my behalf. Derrick Rose went up to guard Foreman and John Paxson and was like, he's not going nowhere because he's the only one who picks me up full court and pushes me, and I get better every time I'm going against him. Wow, yeah. So you're saying, like, you know, if you're – like you said, not a max contract guy. You 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 find your value and and be a professional and and find value on the team. Like you said, even when you're not playing per se, fifteen minutes a game or twenty minutes a game. And yeah, and then the second thing is stay ready. Stay ready. I yeah. always stay ready. So it could be, yeah. I and I used the 2010, 2011, 2012 uh, with the Bulls, and we was the one team, and we had the injuries and stuff like that. And I didn't get discouraged. I wasn't playing. I didn't just like every day I practiced. Every night at 9 p.m., everybody knew I was coming back to the gym to get my 1,500 makes in. When I'm getting in in the morning. I stayed routine. So, you know, when the injury started to happen on our team and I had to step up, I was ready. I was always locked in the game. I sat next to the coaches. I didn't sit at the end of the bench. I sat next to the coaches, hearing the schemes, what plays coming next, what they want to do. Like, I was really a sponge. So when that when it was my when my number was called, I was ready. Right. And a lot of a lot of kids these days, because I've coached in the NBA now, and I'm seeing, you know, oh man, I should be playing, and they get discouraged, and they don't, then they stop coming to the gym, working on their game, they just showing up because 
they mad about this or they should be getting this or that. And then when they number call, they look trash out there because they ain't they ain't ready. Sure, sure. And then now you find yourself in the G League. Now you find yourself out the league overseas. And then the hardest thing that these kids don't realize is getting back in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> getting back in. Like, you could be in for one or two years and then you out. And then now you like, you look up, it's five, six years, and you're still trying to fight to get back in. And, and the thing for me is, like, I've been at all of those levels. So when I have the young guys come in, I'm trying to drop as much knowledge and give them the blueprint so they ain't got to make the mistakes. Like, I'm going to let you know what's going to happen. Like, the game ain't changed. Right. Like, if you don't perform, you're out of here. Yeah. As a, somebody else, you know, the, the biggest thing with a young guy or a veteran or anybody know when a team brings in free agents to work out in the middle of the season, you know somebody's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know you about yeah. to be placed. He might not you, but somebody's about somebody to be gonna get cut. <laughs> so, Coach, you know, so speaking of training, you know, um, you talk about training high level players or up and coming kids. You know, what are two keys you would say to maximize maximizing a workout, regardless of your skill level? What are the two things keys to maximizing a workout? Again, we're now we're talking about the training aspect. Um. Always train like it's the game. Always train like it's the game. You know, um, I'm not a big person of like taking time off. You know, as athletes, we can't let our bodies relax. When we let our bodies relax, we always try to come back like, okay, we good. That's mm -hmm. when injuries start happening. You should never take, like my dad told me, I never missed a game for injuries. I never had any surgeries, nothing. And I train year round. Wow. Like now you got guys that go don't train for two months after the season over with, and then they try to ram up before training camp starts. And now you get the little bitty knickknack injuries, like your groin, your hamstrings, you know, because now your body's been in relaxed mode for two months. Right. It's right. been chill. And our bodies are made to be tight, ready to go all the time. Like you just – and you don't have to play ball all day, but it's still intensity stuff, sprinting, boxing, lifting weights, getting your shots up, you know, your skill work. You don't have to play mm -hmm. pick up basketball, but you got to do something. You can't just say cold turkey. And that's why I think a lot of players are making mistakes. And a lot of kids are doing the same thing now. And I feel like kids should be training 24-7 if you're trying to get to where you want to get to. When you talk, when you talk about, like, college and the – and like college players, you know, going into pro, what's the aspect of the game you've seen that they have the most difficulty in? Just the speed, the mm -hmm. speed of the game, you know, the college and speed. The college is a little bit slower. Right. They're running every single play to the team. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, you know, it's a 30 second shot clock, it's 24 in, the, in, in basketball in, in the NBA. Um, you know, it's a defense of three seconds in the NBA. So in college, they can camp out in the paint. Mm -hmm. and, you can't, you got to know where that low man's at. Who's the low man? We're going to pick on the low man. If you ain't the low man, you're getting dunked on like I did because I, you know, I was I was late. I got to be there early. You know, it's just like sure, sure. that type of stuff is where a lot of college um, kids, when they first get into the league, they, they seem to struggle with. And also the length of the season. A lot of kid, a lot of rookies um, hit that wall halfway through the season like you see them going real high in the beginning and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden 
all-star break, you start seeing a dip a little, is because the travel's a little bit different. You might have sure. four or five games in seven days. You're right. in the, you play a game, get on the flight, land at three in the morning, play another game. <laughs> you know, so it's, <laughs> right, right. You know, and um, taking care of your body. A lot. You know, when you come out of college, you know, you're still eating Wendy's, Popeyes, you know, oh, yeah. stuff like that. But now, as a professional, you can't. You got to fuel your body with the right proper nutrition to sustain that type of travel and the games and the minutes and you know being on your feet a long time you know you got to start put you start watching what you eat um and can't you know feel like oh i can get away with it because i'm 20 years old 22 years old right. it's, it's gonna catch you so that was the biggest thing is just the travel the speed um of the game and the length of the season gotcha and coach you talk about training is good you know don't give your body too much too much time off, you know, stay locked in. So as, as this high school season is going, people are going to start, you know, getting revved up for camps and, and, and spring ball. So on March 18th and 19th in Torrance, tell us a little bit about your camp for middle school players, sixth through eighth grade. You know, what can a young player expect to learn and why will he or she be a better player after they leave your camp? Cause we're going to teach you the proper way to play this game and give you the knowledge to play this game of basketball. And, give you the structure, right? I didn't do high school. I want to do middle school. The reason why I want to do middle school, because might as well give them the keys now because right. they're getting ramped up for high school. And so when they get to high school, they understand what it is that they put, that they need to be doing. So it's not just a typical camp. I don't throw the ball out there and let's go play. Let's have fun. And I want to see you. No. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> We we go into defensive drills, you know, IQ tests, um, speed, agility, everything. Um, three three on two, two on one. I gotta see who can make the right decisions. I want to see everything, and we're gonna play. Like we're gonna play, but I I, I like to run my camps where I want to see if these kids can know the game, and then what they don't know, they can take away and be like, you know what, I need to work on that. Yeah, struggle with that. I struggle with that. I struggle with that. And um, my whole thing is for um, for these keys to live with the camp and be like, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> humbling thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a humbling thing because all these keys think they're great. Mm-hmm. That comes to me and train. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And then when I get them out there, I'm like, what? You can't. Oh, yeah. Especially here in L.A., man. People, kids think they're going to the league real fast. And, they t- and you know, first thing they tell me, they want to show me they highlight tape. And I'm like, I don't want to see a highlight tape. I'd rather right, see right. Because a highlight tape is going to show me what you did. Good. Yeah, you did good. Right? But in that game, you might have had 30 mistakes. But right. I'm not going to see the 30 mistakes. All I'm seeing is your highlight. But my whole thing is I like going to these high school games because I get to see the highlight tapes when it comes on, you know, Ball is Life and Ball Dogs. Like, I, I watch it all because I love the game. And I, I'm like, okay, I can get that kid. Man, I got to go check them out. And then when I check them out, now that coaching come out of me, I start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Man, like he couldn't see that play. Like, like you start seeing, start like, thinking. start thinking. You see the flaws into the person's game. Right. No doubt. And it's, 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 you know, and my whole thing is like, I just want these kids. I want everybody to succeed. 
Like, I want everybody to see. I think it's enough for everybody to achieve whatever they want to achieve. It's not like this person should begin this. I feel like it's enough for it's enough seats at the table for everybody. Right. That's yeah. my that's my mentality. So for me, it's like I don't care who you train with, right? Everybody's always like, as long as they teaching you the right way and you feel like you're getting better, cool. But my thing is, I always tell the kids, like, I shouldn't be your only trainer. Interesting. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, I, you, should, you should hear multiple voices. Like, my yeah, whole not a lot of people would take that right, approach. Right. That, that's a hell of an approach. I mean, it makes sense. Because somebody might put a little bit something different in your game than I have. Right? Somebody yeah. might do this and do that. Right? My whole thing is, like, I always want to be the one to put the last seasoning on top of the gumbo. Right. So growing up, my dad didn't my dad trained me, but it wasn't until I got to my junior, senior year in high school. I had other trainers. Right. Oh, he, was, he was he was my dad. Yeah. Like that he he'll be like, okay, go get your shots up. Oh, you know, do this. I'm like, man, the coach, man, he tripping. I should be like, go talk to him. Like yeah. I'm dad. Like I'm your dad right now. Like I'm not your basketball. But when it was time for me to get ready, he was like, all right, now let me put my arms around you, and then I'm going to finish the, the last part of whatever it is that we've been working on. Let me put the topping mm -hmm. on. And I kind of do that with my kids. I'm like, look, you can go train with whoever you want to. Sure. As long as you're in the gym, I'm great. Right. Yeah. Right? And then if I see something like, okay, well, he told you that maybe that's a little bit wrong, like, you know, then I'll be like, you know, you need to do it like this or that. But it doesn't matter. I feel like everybody has a good heart that they also want to do, sure. get the kids properly. Like, you never, like, my whole thing is I hate when I hear people like, oh, that's my kid. Like, that's my kid. Like, I train him. We've been yeah. here. If, 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 if he doesn't have your last name, he's not your kid. Kid facts. <laughs> like, you know no what that, that, that is just my. There's room. enough space and there's enough room for everybody. Is enough room from everybody, and I feel like everybody, you know, can bring something different to the table. Like I never, I never say when I, because I train everybody, but I never say that's my kid, because right. it's not. Because I know that kid goes to this person, that kid goes to that person, that person, and this person. They come to me at a certain time. I'm just one of the voices that he's getting to it. Sure. And that, sure. and and that's what um. And it's hard because, you know, out in L.A., it's like everybody's a trainer. And everybody tries yeah, to. Yeah, there's so many trainers in L.A. Put, like, a different spin on everything. And to me, the game has never changed. Right? I, I like gotcha. some, some of my kids be like, man, you need to add this. And you need to bring the cameras in to your workouts. And <laughs> like, what we do in the dark will show up in the light. Fact. Like, why would, I, why would I bring cameras and do all the extra stuff, you know? Like we're giving the sauce away, we're giving the seasoning away. So when you plan to get these kids, they know exactly yeah, no what's doubt. gonna come. So my whole thing is like, I just do it out of heart of like, no, nah, we just gonna work. Like we're not into all that. Like we're gonna work and we're gonna let our work show. And when I say we, I'm saying it's you that's gonna let the work show. Like I don't do a lot of advertisement for my my training because I use my kids to be my word of mouth. Not sure. And my that thing. Makes a lot of when my kids go out there and do what they're supposed to do, and then the parents be like, well, well who is he training with? Because he wasn't like that last year. 
And that's that is my formula of what it is. Like I'm not, I don't chase after nobody. Sure. Everybody know where I'm at. I'm here. And yeah. uh, when you want that real work, I'm here, I'm here for it. And I just want I just want players um to to be dedicated to the craft and know what it is to take and a sacrifice. A lot of these kids and parents don't understand it's a sacrifice that come with this game. No doubt. Like my kids be like, oh, coach, I'm going to go to a football game on Friday. I'm like, but you don't play football. <laughs> right. They're just right. hanging out. Just hanging out. But my whole thing is, okay, well, why don't you go to the football game at halftime and get your work in? Like what is going to separate you? Because there's a kid out there right now that's doing that. Yeah, definitely. So I tell I tell these kids that your childhood really if you, this is what you want to do because every every kid says I want to go to the NBA right sure you heard it I heard every kid but they're not willing to do what it takes to get there they're not willing to take that sacrifice to get there some kids are and those kids that are doing that those are the kids that are ranked like you know what I'm saying rankings don't really right. mean anything to me but those are the kids that's in the gym putting that work in and no I. Doubt. I have a group chat with all the kids that train that I train from third grade all the way up to college. They all in the same group chat. <laughs> and I and I posted um a Devin Booker clip. Cause I got because uh some of the kids was missing workouts to go to birthday parties and to hang out and stuff like that. Sure. I posted a click of Devin Booker. He said, you know, when I was in high school from Michigan, I would drive up and get my work in. So I miss prom, I miss going to the parties, I miss this, I miss that. He said, now I'll do it all over again. Cause look where he's at now, he's one of the top players in the NBA. Right, yeah. He had a so he, and now, like I tell kids, like I miss a lot of stuff growing up. I can recreate that if I wanted to. If I want to recreate a party that I missed in high school, I can recreate that. You know why? I put the dedication and I got, the funds to do it because of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? I sacrifice stuff that a party happens every weekend. No doubt. Right? I sacrifice. Okay, I missed that party. Oh, well. I know the DJ going to play the same song. I know these person, these people going to do the same dances. You know, everybody going to be there. But if I get my work in and I do my work, I can recreate that. If, no I want, if I, I want to go to prom with my wife again, I could recreate a prom. <laughs> <laughs> so my, <laughs> my, my thing was I had the blinders on. I knew what I needed to get to, and I was yeah. nothing was going to knock me off. Deviate, yeah, my, yeah. Knock me off my pivot, and that's why I married my wife. Like we've been together since high school. She saw me like this, and she didn't discourage me. Oh, can you come to this party? I'll come, but I'm gonna be late. Sure, sure. Yeah. And like I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta put my work in, like, cause okay. that was that was the mentality I have. I'm outworking y'all. So when I see you on the court, I know I'm outworking you, right? Cause I know you wasn't in the gym. You was at that party. I know. I heard about it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, coach, as we wrap up, you know, tell us a little bit more about the sign up info. You know, where, where, you know, players, how can they get that working? You know, if players and parents have more questions. Tell us a little more info about the camp, where they can sign up, and or any other training opportunities you're involved with. Yes, um, so you can sign up. It's in my. It's a links in my bio of my Instagram, which is JL3 Basketball. Right. Uh, registration just went out today, 
Um, and we already have been getting calls and it's filling up pretty fast. And we just put it out this morning at about 9.30 Pacific time. Um, it's just, um, how do I want to explain this? It's, it's a different camp than all these other camps that you, you see that's going on uh, today. Um, I'm more running like an NBA combine. Okay. I want to see everything, your IQ, how you think the game, you know. And it starts at a young age where you can instill these this knowledge, right? Kids right now are sponges. High school kids are more like, I know what I'm doing there, you know, but these middle school kids, I'm seeing it. Like, Made Hoops is big. I love what Made Hoops is doing. Sure. Um, you know, it's giving these younger kids a platform to showcase their abilities and, and you know, what they want to do coming up. And they're the next generation. Right. Right. I And, you know, I'm part of the MBPA. So I have a, a, a seat on the top 100 camp for these high school kids to get into the MBPA top 100 camp, which is... Sure. I'm a I'm over the player um, coaching association, so all the former players and current players who are thinking about going into coaching, I put them through a curriculum at a, at the camp at the top 100 camp, which I love to do because I was a um, I did the last eight years of my NBA career of coaching, so I got to see I coach Devin Booker, I coach Zion Williams, and like seeing these kids in the NBA that's been part of the NBA camp was huge like you got a relationship with them um so that's the basically of the middle school and then also the middle school camp can lead into the john lucas invitational camp we're one of the biggest camps in america um when they get into high school so it's just it's just our family business and it's it's me kind of putting my stamp on the game and that's why it's called jail get right to jail through way because there's only one way i know how to do and that's get right gotcha well, Coach, we'll appreciate that. That was JL3 basketball, right, on March 18th and 19th in Torrance, California. So we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. Thank you all for having me. You have a blessed day. Okay. You too. Take care. Yeah, Ani, as you can tell, you know, Coach uh, JL3 had a lot to say. You know, he's been around the game a lot. He carved out a 10-year career. Most people probably wouldn't think, let's be honest, keep it real, most people probably wouldn't think he would play 10 years in the NBA, but he told us how he was able to carve that out and – what you got to do. What's a couple of things you took away first from like his career. And then secondly, like what he's going to do with this camp. Well, just the work that he put in. Right. Like, and, and, and he talked about being in the league and how the bulls rose one to him. Cause he said, he's the only guy that guards me 94 feet in practice. Like he knew as a role player, my job is to go and practice and make the starters ahead of me better. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, that's really that's a that's such a mature mindset, and you know that's something that we always see. One aspect of the game is hard for guys to adjust mentally. Like, you know, yeah. you're a guy that's always been playing, big time college basketball player, and now I'm here to potentially just make the guys ahead of me better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's a real um, mind shift that you know he did a good job and was allowed to play ten years in the league. Yeah. Um, when you talk about his camps. Uh, I think it's um I think he has a really good concept. He talked about wanting to make it a combine. He you know, Lucas is obviously big on fundamentals, <laughs> right? Sure. Uh and I think that's something he really wants to bring to the table. And he wants to start it young, uh, which I like. You know, he wants to start it young with the middle school kids and and just kind of get after it. So I'm excited to see how his camp look. Um, uh, you know, obviously he'll be uh your on your way, 
and I yeah, know he'll yeah. probably tr try to bring it out to Houston uh, during the summer. But yeah, like um, I'm excited to see what he's doing, and I, I I really was impressed by just how he's like I'm going to play. My job is to make you better, D Rose. Sure. My job, you know, and just to be ready just in case something happens. Yeah, for for young kids out there, especially the younger kids in the middle school ranks, I would definitely suggest you hit a Lucas camp. You know, sooner than later. Like we said, that's uh, March 18th and 19th in Torrance, California. Uh, you know, get right the JL three-way camp. You know, it's it should be a really good camp. And I, what I got from most of what he said is, like, he wrote some goals down and was like, I want to play in the NBA and I'm going to play for 10 years, you know. Yeah. He did that at, like, age 13 or 14. And that's a specific goal. And he reached it again. He played with some great high school players that played with Omeka Okafor, we talked a little bit about that. And, and, and that was just a great era for Houston basketball. And, and like we said, that Willow Ridge team kind of, they finished number two in the Fat 50, and they kind of put that Dallas Lincoln team over the top. You know, that that, 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 that Willow Ridge team really set up that Dallas Lincoln team. And obviously, if we talked about modern day at the top of the show. Modern day beat Carmelo Anthony and, and Oak Hill and them. And that kind of elevated Lincoln to number one. And, uh, and they were deserving. Yeah, because, you know, Oak Hill was number one all that season. They beat LeBron, as we talked about in a in a recent episode. That was a big game 20 years ago. Wow, you know, it's been 20 years. Uh, you know, and then he came back and, and beat Oak Hill senior year. But, yeah, that was a big game. And that happened right around the All-Star weekend. All-Star weekend 2002. And everybody was like, oh, is LeBron going to hang out with at the NBA All-Star game? It was like, nah, this dude's going to finish the season. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he balled, you know, and uh, that that was that was great to see. For that was him as a junior, and 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 uh, they lost to uh, Oak Hill, and like I said, Oak Hill lost to Modern Day at the Nike Extravaganza, which is the event I just went to. Right, with, like I said, with 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 the Centennial and Harvard Westlake in in those strong teams. Um, you know, some years they bring in some big guys, some big like Jaloko first played there, Kevin Love. Not really a big national team this year. It was it had a little bit more of a regional regional flair to it, but um, yeah, you know that, that that's some some great stuff there that JL three kind of talked about, and so shout out to him for coming on and get really giving us his time. He really really uh, got in there and talked about a lot of things. He did get more information about what he's doing, his training methods, and follow him on Instagram. It's JL three basketball, so you know you can get some more information. But I think Ani, we're about to. Uh, wrap this one up, you know, that was a good episode. We'll, hopefully we'll get Chelsea back next week and, and we'll get our guy Horace too, you know, toward the NCAA tournament. We'll bring in Horace toward the NCAA yeah, we, Horace, you need to get back over here, man. Yeah, no, Horace, we need, we need Horace back. But I think from now, that'll do it for episode 152. Until next time, uh, Ronnie and Ani are logging off. <laughs>